Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Yas here. And I just wanted to say it's great to have you join me today because I'm sure we're going to have another fantastic episode. So whether you're here for the first time or if you're one of the repeat loyal listeners of the show, I truly appreciate you. But before we get to today's guest, I just have a small favour to ask. And that's if you could just take a brief moment to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Ensure that you share it with all your coaching friends and don't forget to get in touch, guys. Let me know your thoughts on what you think of today's episode or any of the recent episodes you've listened to. You can do this on Twitter at The Coaches Net. Once again, that's at The Coaches Net. And please make sure you do, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Anyway, on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day, guys. The Coaches Network. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas and I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today is Radhi Jaidi. Radhi, how are you, man? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you for the uh, invite. No, it's a pleasure. Obviously, to talk. Definitely, it's, it's going to be a pleasure for me for for sure. Um, ready? Just in case there is people out there who maybe haven't come across you and not sure who you are, maybe just a brief insight around who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. Oh uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to keep it short. Obviously, I'm. Uh, I'm a football coach. <clears throat> I started. Um, coaching since 2012 when I retire in Southampton and uh, since that time I was um, developing myself as a as a coach and then uh, finishing my uh, diplomas uh, 2018 I left you know Southampton for um, uh, a head coach opportunity in USA and USL Hartford Athletic and then um, I finished the season there um, and then come back to Belgium uh, through Circuit Bruges company um, and Monaco. And then I went to Esperance of Tunisia, North Africa as a head coach. And then I finished the year in Esperance and then come back to Belgium again to Circuit Bruges as, a, as an assistant for the moment. Awesome, awesome. Now I want to take you right back to the start of your journey. So obviously, you know, um, you mentioned there you were a pre- player previously, so let's let's talk about that. You know, where did you, where did your journey start as a player? You know, coming from Tunisia, um, you talk about experience in Tunisia, even now going back to him as a coach. But you actually started your playing career um, back there many years ago. So let's talk about that. How did that come to play? Yeah, you you, you want to take me back to the longer career, to be fair, and uh, and my footballing career. I'm still focused on my coaching at the moment, but. Uh, if you have more than 60 minutes, then I can uh, <laughs> I can get you across, you know, my story because um, there, there were a lot of achievements, personal achievement and, and uh, collective achievements since uh, I started to play football. But, um, I started to play football in Tunisia uh, in the streets, same as 
a lot of uh, generation um, um, around the 80s. Um, I was I was with my dad and mom, obviously happy medium uh, family with my brother, and um, I was really uh, the one who would just go outside and play with the, with my teammates in streets. Streetwear, the number one, I think, uh, as a grassroots, it was number one provider for the professional level. Um, so I want I put my boots on. I want to play with with older players. Uh, some of the uh, adults, you know, sometimes uh, while I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, and there I started to how you can be respected as a as a as a player in in, in football. Uh, cut the story short. Um, my dad passed away when I was eleven years old. So my mom she she decided to go down to south of Tunisia and. Um, to protect us because I think the as much as the street is is good for for you to build a strong character and then learn a lot of you know football tricks and and then uh, socialize with 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 your mates but also it's still dangerous because you you can be uh, exposed to many other issues so so when I went down to the south with my family Obviously, the wider, bigger family, my mom's family in Gebis. Um, I discovered, you know, the um, organized and uh, protected uh, football through Stad Gabzian, which is a, a lower league uh, club, but you know has a has a history of pro, of developing and uh, providing quality players to the. To the higher levels teams. Um, from there, obviously, my professional kind of my professional career started to shape, and then I show a direction of um, of why uh, of of the um, the the Radha Jaidi uh, career. To be fair, uh, um, so eighty eight, I registered to this club. And then uh, I started, you know, to to work hard, you know, to enhance and improve myself as a player. Um, I worked a lot. I worked hard. And uh, at age of 15, I earned, obviously, the uh, first team, um, first team uh, debut in in this club. Uh, um, I was called for national team on the 16s. And um, I was starting to play internationally some tournaments with the national team and then played in France, played in Italy at the age uh, I had exposure. So a lot of scouts, you know, have looked at me. I was called um, to um, to join the Parma. Parma that time was a good club, big club in Italy uh, to join the academy. But then, obviously, some of the bigger clubs in Tunisia they saw differently. They got recruited by Esperance of Tunisia at age of uh, 17 years old, where I 
started, you know, to recognize the higher level and I started to train and play with some internationals. Um, and um, that where I struggled, you know, for five years to to impose on my, myself uh, and uh, and then be a starter and play uh, to the highest level. Obviously, in Africa, our highest levels is the African Champions League. Um, African Champions League is prestigious, you know, for uh, in Africa. And, and you, um, if you're a, a good player, you need to take part of that uh, tournament. Esperance was one of the clubs, obviously, who was always make it to the to the to the final stages, and uh, we won it in '94. Um, I was part of the squad, but, you know, um, I didn't, you know, play because I was one of the youngest, as I said, you know, um, there were some big, you know, profiles and internationals ahead of me, but that was, you know, a trigger for me, you know, to keep working hard and then created kind of, uh, you know, a solid, strong mindset with a lot of, you know, hard work habits that served me in the, in the future and that helped me to be who I am now. Um, and the, the, the result was, was great. The result was, you know, bigger than what I expected because I made it, uh, I made it to England, the Premier League, and that was the first and the last player in history, Tunisian history, to make the league to Premier League as a born Tunisian and um, and formed and developed in Tunisia. We had some Tunisian, you know, but, you know, born in France and developed in France or on different, you know, European country. But I was the only Tunisian who born in Tunisia or made the two of Premier League. And that was, you know, I think a big success, you know, for, for myself and, and for the country. And uh, obviously, um, that was a, a key moment in my life because I discovered the elite professional football with 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 the whole with what the word you know hmm. can 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 provide as a professional. So um, I started to understand the 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 meaning of being foot, professional football player through the 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 environment I was in, Bolton Wanderers, uh, the coach, start from the coach, Sam Aladaz, innovative coach who who give importance to the science and to the multidisciplinary performance teams. Um, we we had a we had a psycho psychometric and psychology support. We had um you know, obviously fitness and sports science around us, but also we had a lot of, you know, innovative um, support to recover uh, vitamins and proteins and uh, and video analysts. We had a, um, a video analysis programs to help us and support us preparing games and have the right feedbacks. And then also, you know, we, we had a, we had a, some good quality players with the team that supported me and then helped me, you know, to um, again, you know, to to digest and um, 
and develop in that pro in, in that process. Um, and uh, it was successful because I had a great start in the Premier League with uh, with a couple of clean sheets and a lot of you know goals scored against key teams and bigger teams, uh, i.e. Chelsea, uh, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool, um, Tottenham. Obviously, I scored goals, and I was surprised, you know, for from for the coach and my teammate because I was a defender and I was scoring goals, and this is something that I worked on on a daily basis in Tunisia. And this is one of the things that I I improved as a as a as a as a defender to go to set place and scoring goals. Again, you know, so my journey in England was was you know um, progressing because I thought I'm going to England for just two years uh, because my dream was to play in England, but. Despite my age was 27 years old that time, when I moved to England, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to to experience and uh, um, making my dream to be for, to be fair, my dream become true. But then, but then when I came, I discovered a different word, and that helped me, you know, to keep going and and keep you know working hard, um, and. Uh, Obviously, we had good two seasons in Bolton Wonders. We make we made it to the Europa League uh, um, uh, the first year, two thousand and four. In two thousand and five, obviously, we we had a good season with a lot of games and a lot of a lot of uh, European games. <clears throat> we played against big clubs like, uh, as I remember, we played the uh, I think Marseille Olympique de Marseille in France. Um, and Zenit St. Petersburg, I think we, have, we played some some good some good European teams, but then um, but then um, um, the the achievement for me is to is to be part of that legendary teams, uh, Bolton Wonders with JJ Okocha and Gary Speed and you know Fernando Hierro. And, and some many others, you know, quality and legends, you know, who uh, who took the club to different level, included the staff, um, you know, um, that was uh, in in the club at that time, um, and then obviously, <clears throat> 2006, 2005, I played the uh, the. Um, uh, what what I can uh, what uh, what's called the uh, international uh, I think the continental league in Germany, but then in 2006 played the World Cup in 2006, and uh, that was another achievement for me, individual achievement because I scored the goal in the World Cup, and that was like a, the cherry on the cake for me as a as an individual because you know I felt. From a from a, a little village in south of Tunisia, make it to to the best tournament in the world of the world, and then score a goal for my country is a, is a mm. huge. And I feel have a goosebumps, you know, when I speak about it because for me personally, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing because you know, as I said, you know, the whole process. If you look at where you where from where you start and then where you are in that moment. It's a huge, and uh, and then um, 
and then um, it's a great it's a great uh, achievement for me. Uh, 2006, obviously, I moved to Birmingham City after coming back from the World Cup. Um, I wanted to play games on on a weekly basis because I thought Sam Allardyce, we want, he wanted to share the game time between me and some centre backs in the club, Bruno Ngotti and Talbot Naima, and I didn't really um, accepted, you know, the fact I know I, I can play two games and one game on the bench. He wanted to share the game time, so I moved to Birmingham City. Birmingham City got relegated that year, but then Steve Bruce um, chat convinced me that about the project, and uh, I moved to Birmingham City. Even though it was a championship, but obviously the the club that time and the ownership and everyone was aligned to to make it back to the Premier League. So. I, I went back to uh, I went to Birmingham and then we helped the team to go back to the to the Premier League, and then spent uh, one of my best you know three years in uh, in uh, in Birmingham as a club and as a city and that still obviously my son was born in Birmingham so we we go back at times and then we enjoyed enjoyed being uh, uh, in 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 that city and uh, I had a good three years where we got. Uh, Two promotion um, and uh, a Premier League year. Um, 2009, my contract came to an end. Um, so we agreed that I leave the club. Um, and then I moved to Southampton down the south. Uh, there I discovered, you know, um, a good set up and good club um, with the amazing people and um, they were my second family to be fair you know in in, in Southampton because the support they give you and the, the the care they give me give you and then obviously the opportunity they give me when I retire you know to to improve myself as a coach and then enhance my skills as an individual uh, and then be where I am now, it's amazing. And I always, you know, um, thanks the club, you know, and uh, the people who were there in the club, you know, uh, all my life. So start from, um, you know, um, Martin Hunter, who, who was my was my if I can say he was my friend but he, he he was he was the head coach of the U21s that time but he he was my he's my mentor my friend and uh, the the advisor um obviously um the opportunity I had it when I was Nicola Cortez was there Nicola Nicola he was supporting you know the the owner, uh, Marcus Lee, you know, to run the club, um, and 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 in between, Les Reed, who was the the technical director or the sporting director who ran the club strategy and and all that stuff. Uh, I can't I can't go through without mentioning Nigel Atkins, who my last couple of years or my last year, you know, as a playing career, he. 
he encouraged me and 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 then you know um if i can say you know um supported me to 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 be a, a coach and, and and influence me to be a coach so all all that obviously in my last couple of years in southampton and uh, and um, it went really well because you know the process was on and then um, i was like a, a sponge you know taking any details about coaching and developing players southampton was one of the best academy in 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 the, in, in 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 the country and uh, the people who worked there they were the best and uh, and you can learn from any person and any individual and in any department so you, you you get the technical and tactical of course but in terms of you know fitness and psychology you know these are the stuff that i feel i i, I control and and uh, i do really well um and even helped me you know as a coach in my coaching career when i went to usa I didn't have a fitness coach and then I ran the team, you know, by myself in terms of fitness and linking the the fitness with my um, football philosophy is amazing, you know, despite the challenge, but it was amazing for me, you know, to to try um, some stuff and then to enhance and, and then use some stuff that I trust already. And um, again, you know, I feel, I feel, you know, um, lucky you know to be where i am now and uh, hopefully i'm i'm keeping you know working hard you know to to get the right you know opportunity to get the right project you know to to show uh, my skills as a as a football coach um even though i have behind me a very big you know football career where as i said you know i made a lot of you know um uh, achievement, personal achievement, and 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 group achievement. I forget to mention, you know, um, 2004 we won the African Nation in Tunisia, which is historical, you know, for the country because we won it the first time, and then uh, we never won it since. So that generation is is a golden generation in Tunisia, and then uh, I'm I'm really. Um, happy to be part of that generation and uh, and made it you know to um, and make the country feel proud about me and my teammates 100 percent. you know this, this you know, is this is yeah. some some sort of things but you know i'm sure yeah no 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 there, there's there's, there's so much in what you said um you know and i just listening listening intensively around everything that you said and just what some of the thing you know the experiences might have brought you know i want to kind of you know um take you back to the start of the, obviously you know you you talk there about you know your your journey experience and being part of the the team that you know won well the team that won the competition in 1994 as a young pro coming into that what you know what what was that like and you know there's so many questions which are flying off in my head right now around everything that you've said but we'll get on to them and i'm sure we will but you know what was that like when you first come into that environment um you've gone from playing from the streets gone to an you know your first club, you moved to experience, and now you now you now you're in the first team. What does you know? What does that do for a young player coming through that journey? Uh, it's uh, look uh, a great question because you know I see 
I see this generation now and then I look at them and sometimes I smile because, you know, they have no idea how how football was, you know, that time. Because, you know, when I moved to Esperance, I was one of the young, promising, you know, um, players. As I said, I was, I was highlighted and called by the Parma Academy. And Ta Parma Academy in Italy at that time, they were probably one of the best. And uh, I felt okay. Um, I'm, I'm 16, 17 years old, and I feel okay. I'm going to Esperance. It's a big club, but I'm sure you know I can go and, and impose myself. And then suddenly I get hit by the reality there. You have you have six of the best international defenders in the club, and I was the I was the seventh, and I had you know 17 years old, so I was the youngest. And then you have you know. And not just, you know, the best international defenders, they were very hard on you. So each one of you look at you and say, you're not going to take my place. No chance, unless you prove yourself. So it was like a really tough and rough, you know, process for me to go and say, okay, how am I going to make it there? Because, you know, I'm 17 years old and then I was same as many young, you know, academy players. I was in a hurry. I wanted to play. I wanted to be involved in the, in, the, in the main competitions, in the league, in the cups, and in the Champions League. I want to show my skills as a, as I was, and then um, and then mm, no, you need to wait. So five years, five years in in my career, I was like working hard, like nonstop. So that created. So that's the only thing I was thinking, okay, hard work will make me achieve my objective that moment, which is be a starter uh, 11. Um, but then, but then I, I need to wait in my row. So only two center backs will play. And then you have four or, or, or five, you know, players just waiting behind. There's some of them who can play hold the midfielders and the right back or left backs, but I was the only one who just sent the back. Okay. Um, so, so in that moment, even though I didn't have uh, the right advisors, I didn't have the right, you know, um, coaches who like now we, we make a development plan, then we discuss with the players. Sometimes some academies discuss with their parents of the agent and have agents. As I said, you know, my dad passed away. I have my mom. My mom, she has no clue about football that moment. And then she just, okay, asked me questions. How was the training session? And I say, good. And then that's it. And then I didn't have any advisors. I'll have the only advisor. I have the, my advisors. I advise myself. And then I was like following what looks obvious for me. And what looks obvious for me is hard work. Wait, be patient. Okay, and wait for the opportunity to come. So you have one bullet, one opportunity, you have to take it. So in terms of how work, I created that obsession about being, you know, committed and, and being, um, uh, how to say, like um, a professional for everything I do. On off the pitch, I see players off the pitch. Tunisia, obviously, we we don't have the right, you know, professional level, but we have players who can go to 
coffee shops and then go for parties and and enjoy the lifestyle after the games i was no go to back home recover do everything needs eat well drink well sleep well okay uh, and then be ready for the next training sessions and terms of commitment as i said you know despite the hard work i was like looking for any opportunity to improve myself so i was like you know putting go to the fitness you know um uh gyms uh, around the corner we didn't have gym in the club that time so i'll go to gyms you know ask you know the guys you know how i can make my legs you know stronger bigger and then get the muscles of course you know we didn't have as i said the sport science was not as developed as now so i was trying you know to be sensitive and sensible you know with with my you know gym stuff i was running okay and then making a lot of you know jogging you know around the around you know the areas where i live so i finished training you know in the morning and go for run in the afternoon and then i go three sometimes you know four hours before training sessions and i go to play basketball we have a basketball team in esperance and then we had you know um a former teammate who passed away god bless uh el hedi berghisa uh he was he, he loves basket so we meet up we, we meet up before the training session and then we go two hours or an hour 45 minute non-stop basketball and then work on different at that moment you know i didn't know i was working on different you know uh skills different movement uh, my body and different you know getting that agility with my body and then getting my um the uh, dribbling skills maybe but and uh, now now i can recognize that about that moment i was left for me just enjoying playing basketball and maybe in my mind i was thinking that that's a good warm-up before we go to the right sessions and and he's speaking about as i said one hour an hour and a half sometimes in even two hours you know playing basketball and go for stretch and then get get ready for training session so these are all habits that um i created and i um um enjoyed before 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 even i speak about okay let's let's go and mm. and compete for for the starting position um but also mentally and and psychologically co- get get to control myself um and keep the focus on my objectives mm. Um, and again, you know, the, the good thing that uh, now I start to understand why, but the good thing that moment, it was myself, mm. between mm-hmm. me and myself, I didn't have any advisors, but this mm-hmm. is, but I know why now I know why, because, because obviously um, the death of my dad gave me that the responsibility in my mind that I need to look after myself and I need to succeed the education and then football to look after my family because the mm. first thing i heard when my dad passed away is you the man of the house and you're responsible and that and I, and when he's speaking about 11 years old you tell him you're responsible and the family you don't know you need to be careful you yeah. don't know how we're gonna perceive that that word 
100%. for me, it was like, for me, it was like, I'm not 11 years old and I need to look seriously at my career, whether, whether education in school or anything you give me, you know, an opportunity to, to practice, it's serious. It's serious matter. And it's, it's, it's a, a matter of, you know, how I can, you know, make my life better and my family and look after my family. I was 11 years old. My mom, she was looking after me, but in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm the man of the house. So <laughs> these, these are the origin of so let, let's let's talk about that a little bit because you know there's a there's a there's quite a big story there you know in terms of your journey and how 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 your your youth has shaped you and your perspective on life and you know but I want to take you right back to the start of it and you said I smile a lot because of the younger generation today they didn't understand what it was like and. I, I, you know, I'm really interested in the world because you know, not only have you come from a different country, different, completely different country, completely different upbringing, but if there was one thing that was in common, certainly, and you touched on it there around the 80s, even the 90s, is you would get kids go out on the street and play. That would be, that would be um, the ultimate scouting network, if you like. Yeah. Um, the ultimate training ground was where you know on the on those streets now. Comparing your experience coming up as a young player, I would probably, you know, obviously there's probably different conditions and things, but I probably wouldn't say it was too different as a a player who played on the street in comparison to what it is or what it was over here in the UK. But going into the coaching, what would you say the mad the the, the, the major differences would be in terms of what it was like coming through as an individual in that era, that that generation, to what it is now? Because it's almost like today's generation is. If you told them that they have to be the man of the house, they probably would crumble. If that was today, I mean, w- w- do you yeah, think yeah. that would you think that would have been the case? Look, you know, the only thing I'm sure about now, the values to be successful never changed. Okay, whether whether you know fifty or sixty years years before or now, the same value. If you want to succeed. Are the same value so hard work commitment um maybe maybe you know um now you can add some other aspects which is you know you know be patient as well and then focus on all all these all these stuff the same values never change what changes the environment we're in and i think now the advantage they have a lot of support so, so as a, as an academy player now, especially in England, with the with the with the system, the EPPP system, and then the Category One system, it's a world class level, world class support that any academy players that can have. And then, if you don't use that environment to improve yourself as an individual, as a person, and ultimately as a player, mm. then then the question you need to question yourself. Do you do you think there's a danger though that that maybe there's too much support there that they don't even realize how much support they're actually getting? Yes, I I, I understand. You know, from what from where, where you're coming from, um, the the clever players they understand why we provide that for these players, why we provide this support, because we want you know to progress and and be the the one. Also, ultimately, the reality not everyone will take that. As I said, you know, the 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 art of perceptions, how you're gonna perceive 
the stuff that comes from how clever is the player and the background of this play. Okay, my background was a shock, a life shock that kept me, you know, on, on my line. I was maybe, uh, if, that, if, if that's still alive, maybe I won't be succeeded because I, I was spoiled. I was given everything, you know, uh, asked. And then I will, my perception will be like everything easy because, you know, my dad and my, my, my dad is there to, to provide it for me. But then, but then my perception change when, when things happen, but not only players go through that process. So now, so now, you know, from my experience as a coach, you need to challenge the players and then create within that environment, it's create that challenging opposite environment to keep the players progressing in the same, in, the, in that level. Um, one of the thing is definitely is raise the awareness. Okay. Give examples, show videos, um, bring some people from, from outside, you know, to speak about their stories. Um, um, I speak a lot, you know, I wasn't the best in my generation. I wasn't the best at all, but then I'm the only one who made it to the first team level. Why? Because as I said, there's now with the, with the new science, the psychology science, you know, you can, you can differentiate between, you know, a fixed mindset and then a positive mindset or progressive mindset. And then, you know, you know, talent players sometimes don't make it because they're not challenged and they don't, the, the feedback is, is wrong. And, and, and then you have to, you know, create the right environment to keep them, you know, progressing. and all, all this, you know, come on board, but with the expertise of players, but I think the players, they need to keep the same values that we had before, which is, as I said, you know, be patient, work hard, uh, and then you know, be focused on their on their you know um, uh, and objectives to make it to the next level. You know, just to kind of you know bring it back to your journey now. Obviously, you've come through the ranks, Esperance. You know, you've been, you, although you didn't start off, uh, you know, in 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 as part you know your part of the squad, but you didn't get many games in the initial stage. You ended up going on to play over two hundred and fifty games for them. Um, then, as you mentioned, you know, you, you're part of the Tunisia side that won the African Cup of Nations and you then get your move to Bolton. Now, something you mentioned earlier was that when you came to the Premier League, you recognised that there was a different level. Talk to me a little bit about that, because obviously you're already playing at the highest level in, in, in you know, in Africa. Um, you then come to the Premier League, you know, was there an immediate, was it, you know, what were the biggest surprises for you, if at all any? Um, it was a discovery for me, um, a big discovery. Not sure if I can say I was the, the, the surprise. No, it was not surprises for me, but it was like, hurry up, Ruddy. You get an opportunity here to learn anything, you know, come across you. Uh, because, because, you know, there's one thing I didn't speak about. Tunisia, obviously, that in, in 19s was still semi, semi-professionals. You know, the, the professional programs just came on 95, 96. It's a bit late compared to the Premier League. Well, usually late. So as a, as a, as a player, that moment I was 
I was asking myself a lot of questions about professionals, about, you know, how European players, you know, um, behave, work, how they work, what does the work environment look like, what does their training ground look like, what is, what are the supports, uh, what are the people working with, where, where, the, where football is, uh, uh, is different in, in, in Europe and all that stuff. So any player, when they go to national team, when we have players who compete in, uh, in Europe, is uh, my friend, because I asked them a lot of questions, what Europe looked like. My aim was wanted to, to play and go and, and, and play in Europe, but I was asking a lot of questions in Tunisia, we don't have the answers. So when I, when I moved to England, it was like everything came in, in one go. So in Tunisia, for example, you know, before the games, we go three days in the hotel before the game. We play on Saturday, we go on Thursday. Just because, you know, <clears throat> because the, uh, the president and then the, the manager, they don't trust the players with their behavior outside. So they, they put them three days before to make sure they're under the, uh, the uh, lights and then they, they can see their preparation right. Mm. When, when, I went, when I went to Bolton, the first conversation with Samara Dazi told me, yeah, you know, the, the, obviously the, the night before the game, you know, you sleep in your bed, you stay in your, you stay in your house with your wife and the kids. And stuff. I was looking at him and said, no, don't ruin my preparation. I used to stay three, <laughs> three days before the game. So, so I, was, I was like programmed on that. And, and then, you know, I was like, no, no, we're not going to pay you in the hotel room, you know, for you to. He said, yeah, go, go sleep in your bed. Make sure you prepare your game for tomorrow. And then I'm sure you will prepare your game well because, you know, you have the same bed. You used to be bad. We don't want to change you for a night, you know. And in the bed, maybe you won't be feeling comfortable with yeah. your wife, with your kids, around your kids, and then come come tomorrow in the morning, you know, to 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 follow the the preparation process, game day, and then and then these are the small details, okay, that um, that make the difference. But also there are bigger details like the, as I said, for example, we had a. We had uh, the the psychologist in 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 the team, and 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 even in England, the psychologist that moment in two thousand and four was rare. Not all the teams, you know, believe, or not all the coaches believe psychologists that can help them. Obviously, the psychology changed a little bit now. And now we call it more of a, a performance officers and all that stuff. But then that moment was like uh, make the difference for us. Um, and played a huge part, you know, in, in some of those, you know, um, communication and uh, management, the team management. Um, another, another huge and big, you know, um, uh, part uh, uh, that I discovered, which is the, when, especially, especially when we renewed the training ground, I think the club spent, I think, 40 or 45 million just to renew the training ground. And then we had a world-class training ground with the gym, with the canteen, with the, with the massage rooms. We had like three different types of massage. We have the Chinese and South Korean or Korean massage. And we had you know, the acupuncture. We have all sorts of, you know, and we have the ice and hot baths. 
you know, it's huge for me because that that's the high level. That's the elite level you're looking for. You just need to perform and you just need to look after yourself. So I spent all my day from, from 8.30 to 5.30, sometimes more in the training ground, you know, just learning. Um, we, we had, I remember we, we still have CDs that moment. So three days before the game, I received a CD um, with the clips of the strikers I'm, I'm playing against. Obviously, I Van Nistelrooy this way, you have Ronaldo this way, and you have Thierry that way, and then you have the CD of the strikers. You, you look at the strengths, weaknesses, their movement, and how how you um, how you can stop them as a defender. These, as I said, you know, these many things of stuff that come in one go, and I had to digest them, you know, throughout. And then um, I didn't spend a lot of time to, to adapt myself. As I said, I came at age 27 to England. I was I was already uh, African nation winner. I was already like 70, 80, around 80, 85, you know, international caps. Um, I played, you know, I won all the all the trophies with Esperance. We played. In Africa, we played in Asia. We played a lot of finals and and then tournaments. So I was experienced player. The only matter for me is understanding the environment and and the mentality. And then and then boom, um, I hit the ground running. Um, the the only the only difference, the only surprise I think is social surprise. Because um, Tunisia, we we obviously. French speaking, and then we link to Europe through France. Uh, and the thought, obviously, England was pre pretty similar as, and I never been to England before that. And the thought, okay, England is Europe, so yeah, so France, England, maybe similar. And now they're driving on uh, on the right, okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, English speaking, okay, of course, I speak a little bit of English, but then. The rest is is seven, and then I was I was hit with the reality: English and England is totally different to Europe. Um, start from the weather, up to food, up to how people you know behave. Because you know the English people are quite not like French, not not like Italian, not like the Mediterranean people. We speak too much. We use a lot of our hands, and then we we. We um, small things we make them big, but then English mentality was different, and uh, it fits me because I'm a quiet person. I'm more more of like observative, and then I like to, you know, read and and understand, you know, the the what and how and and why. Um, it fits really well, um, and then uh, again, boom, I. Uh, I uh, I integrated the the team, the club, and uh, the mentality, and then I, uh, th that's why my first year was really successful in, uh, in the club. Let's let's just talk about that a little bit more. There, you talked about your first year being really successful, and you mentioned some of the names of the players that you've come up against. What what, what you know, who, who who were the toughest players to play against? What what did you learn about yourself during those experiences? You talked about the likes of Venus Deray, Thierry Henry, etc. Look, that moment 
you know, the Premier League is one of the biggest leagues uh, in, in, in the world. And why? Because, you know, the best players play in Premier League. So each team you're playing against, they have at least one good striker. If it's not two, like Manu, you know, the, the Dwight York and, and um, my, my friend. Andy Cole. Andy Cole, uh, who, who joined as a Birmingham, you know, at the end of his career, is a such a nice person. Uh, but then, but then you play Arsenal, you have Thierry, you have um, Vieira, you have um, all Bergkamp. that. Uh, Van Persie. Bergkamp, yeah, we can forget that. Uh, Van Persie in a little bit. You play against, uh, you know, Spurs. You play against, uh, they have, they have, you know, Canute at that time, I think Spurs. Yeah. You play yeah. Liverpool, they have Cissé, they have, you know, all, all sort of, all sort of, you know, the best, you know, strikers. But I think, I, I think, you know, <clears throat> One of the strongest strikers and then uh, the best strikers I played against that moment, it was Drogba, Chelsea. Why, why Drogba? Because Drogba is like at his prime, the Chelsea 2004, I think they won the league that moment. Okay, they have Mourinho on the bench and then they have that generation of, That's right. of, of the team. Um, I scored. I still scored goal against you know Chelsea. We drew two two at uh, Stamford Bridge, but then but then you know when we played them at Reebok, I think they they won the league that that the, that that that, um, that year. Uh, but then why why Drogba not Thierry Henry? Because Thierry Henry is at that moment at Arsenal. Sometimes he goes wide to get forgotten, and then he receives the ball, and sometimes you know. It's long. It's it's far for him to get to the to, to the goal. But then Drogba was central. He can play back to goal, physically strong, and he can turn. So he can pin you with the ball, turn, and then if he put you on 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 your hand here, and then with the ball on his right foot, he can go. But also he had you know some good midfielders players you know who can provide the ball for him. Yeah, the Frank Lampard, and then and then. I think he was one of the toughest centre forward that played against in all aspects, you know, physically, technically, and then and then um, uh, uh, tactically as well. Because I said, you know, he was he was very dangerous in inside the 18-yard box. And then Thierry, a different type of strikers who uh, who can who can be very dangerous and. Uh, he uh, he can eliminate any any defender. So probably these two are the best strikers I played against. And what what did that teach you about yourself as a player at that time when you when you know when you had those challenges? Because presumably they would have been better than any of the other strikers that you've come up against up at that time. Did you um, go through those experiences with the likes of Drogba, your likes of Henri, and then think, oh, I've got I've still got a lot of work here to do. Yeah, you, you, look, you need to see it from both sides as well. Because if you go to speak to Terry Aria and tell him you're going to play, you're going to play a big, a big, strong, physical centre back, 
if it's a 50-50 ball, he's gonna smash you. Then you need to be careful. So, so I, I think I think you know it's it's a game of both ways. In my mind, as I said, you know, preparation was key. In my in my mind, I didn't really fear the strikers. You know, throughout my career, I never feared strikers because I was like confident, uh, naturally confident. But you know, I have to pre prepare myself to not be humiliated. By the way, because you know, sometimes you play against quicker strikers who play always on the edge. Like I said, for example, Thierry always he always limit you know offside, and he's quick. Any ball behind you, you're done. So you always need to work on your starting position and then looking at the ball and and the striker, and then you know which and what and what, what is the dangerous and and when you need in and when you need to step back and all that. So, so for me it was like. Uh, it's 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 a combination between preparation and then uh and and uh, looking at the opponents most of the time uh look at what um maybe you know similar patterns they repeat most of the time and then also preparing myself as a as a player throughout the week the the coach you know uh, needs, you know, in terms of the strategy, uh, the, uh, the the game. So I think, can you hear? Uh, yeah, I can hear. I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, we're frozen for a second. Ready? You still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, no. So obviously, you, you know, you mentioned there about you know it, it goes both ways, and you ultimately what you're, what you're really talking about there is that having confidence in your own abilities as well, which I think which I think is a really key part of obviously being successful in any, in any journey. Anyway, but, you know, I want, I want to fast track a little bit. You know, move forward to your time at Birmingham. You've 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 made the step to drop down a division. Um. What, what 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 you know? What is it that someone has to say to convince you to drop down a division and have faith that they're gonna there's gonna be a project on the way? Because you know, there's a lot of players who probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah, uh, definitely because um, again, again, you know, um, I think my save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Situation uh, in in Bolton that that time it was it was not I was uh, I was not happy with that. Um, so in two thousand and five we have the Confederation Cup, um, and we had obviously the uh, the Europa League. We were playing. We have a lot of games. Uh, the Confederation Cup was key for me international and tournament in Germany. Tunisia, we were involved because obviously we were 
the winner of the African nation in Africa. Uh, in countries and um, and then obviously some of that took a risk to obviously to to put me in a bench you know multiple times and that felt not comfortable because because I wanted to have that uh, flow game time flow uh, I'm not like a midfielder or striker who used to that I was a uh, defender centre back strong physical centre backs if I don't play much then I lose my 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 uh, flow, momentum, if I can say as well. Um, and then obviously, as I said, play one game, uh, play two games, and then one game off. And sometimes I play one game, and then I I, I took. And that I was can also also raise the question from my uh, why you not play continuously. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't accept and understand that. Yeah, the rotating. You know, to avoid me and my teammate injuries because we had the more games in the season. Uh, that's one thing. So um, I was preparing um, 2006 as World World Cup. So it was a risk for me not being called national team. So I had multiple meetings with with um, with some and uh, uh, you know Sam he's, he's a strong character and then obviously I was strong as well character and I was trying to push him this way he was pushing in that way uh, and then obviously Birmingham showed interest because um, um, it looks like you know I could be part of the project that that can take me and then make my career longevity better. Um, and uh, rather than just two years uh, in, in Bolton Wanderers, obviously I can, I can spend more time in, in England and play and enjoy more for football. And then knew when I heard, when I heard about the project with, with, um, with Steve Bruce uh, that time, I knew that the club would be back, especially when I saw the, the, the infrastructure and I saw the, the team uh, and probably, you know, in the back of my head, one of the things that encouraged you was, it was Mehdi Nafti, obviously my, my Tunisian teammates, national teammates, he was in Birmingham and then he, he was one encouraged me to come to Birmingham. The, the city was, was bigger and, and, and better and then it's good for my family, probably one of the things. You, you need to see it as a whole. And I think it was like, as a whole, I think as well, I, of course, I had better wages, and better money. Okay. Um, that was as well another thing that I encouraged me to, to do that. Um, and then I felt like in, in Bolton, some Allardyce will keep me in again, you know, keep that process and I'm not going to benefit from it, especially as I said, so especially I'm, 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 I wanted to keep my career flow going because I'm, I'm heading to 30 31 years old and then you know being a bench is not is not the best you know idea for me in that moment um so mm. i went i went to birmingham played the championship uh, i didn't know championship was one of the biggest and strongest league in it 
in, in the country. And uh, I discovered that moment and I, I truly enjoyed it because, you know, I made a difference. Obviously, my type of defenders, I was physical, aerial challenges. I won a lot of, you know, headers. Um, I scored goals and all about all about me just you know, imposing myself. And I think I ended up that year scoring four goals. Probably one of the best goals I scored, you know, in, a, in my career, which is a header from like around the penalty spot, jump, started to run from the 18-yard box and then jump high and head it, you know. It was cool. I felt like, you know, oh, that's the years of training sessions, you know, started to, to, to show. Again, you know, it's 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 a whole, and uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't wrong because I enjoyed my time at Birmingham. Sure. Mm. And now it's interesting you mentioned obviously that you dropped down the division. You're looking at longevity of your career, and you know, you know, the, the I guess you know your job satisfaction really because that's what it is ultimately, isn't it? Recognizing that you know the environment is right for you, and you're going to thrive in it. Um, Thirty-one, thirty-two. I'd say probably, you know, would you agree that it's fair to say that maybe today there's probably there's probably a longer lifespan on a on a on a, on a player's career. So what back uh, from a perspective of you know players seem to be retiring at a slight older ages now yeah. compared to maybe ten fifteen years ago. So you know, at what point do you start to think about what does life look like after I, I you know I stop playing? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, I, I stopped, you know, at age of 37, which is, I think, is a good age. If you take in consideration, you know, my development and my start in Tunisia, which is not something, you know, as as high as, as you, you you expect, especially in terms of caring, players caring and, and then supporting, you know. I didn't have support in Tunisia. I remember I started to make massages at age of, like, 34, 35. I remember I go I go to the massage room in Tunisia, you know, and then I find the oldest guys massage, and then they look at me, what are you doing here? <laughs> so you know, but you know, again, you know, massage is something to support you recover. But that moment they think you're young, so you don't need to to massage. Again, you know, when I when I went to um, England, I profit from all the support and then all the caring. Um, in the same time, obviously. Uh, I was, you know, a professional in terms of my mindset. I was looking after myself in out outside the pitch, and I do anything needs, you know, for me, you know, to keep my, as I said, you know, my career um, flow and and keep myself, you know, um, 90, 95 minutes, you know, a player available, you know, for the team. Um, I think I think towards 31, 32, I think. Toward you know my third year, which is my last year at Birmingham, I started to think about you know my my um, retirement. Uh, but you know most importantly, what is my uh, next uh, role or, or job or or what 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 is the field I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously. Um, go to is is it football I'm, I'm fed up from football since nine years old i'm playing football i'm 30 whatever you know age i'm fed up daily basis i want to have a rest i want to have a 
a breather from football. But then, hold on there, that's the only thing I know. Uh, <laughs> do I not gonna, I'm, I'm, am I going to go to business? I'm not the best. Um, and even I know what does that mean, business, but I think I saw some example of some players who lost their, obviously, <laughs> money because they think football, they think they're good in business. Mm. And so these are the questions I was like. But again, what what being in England makes a difference for me is you have an answers to any questions. So you have the PFA who sends you every month, you know, the magazine and then the magazine you have these uh, courses you can enter. Uh, you can you can pick the phone and then ask for an advisor. What are the options and what what you need to what you need to to do? You know, um, uh, before you stop in your career. I was 31, 32, and that moment I was like getting some advices. You can they can come to you and then present some of the obviously options. Um, and then and then I was I was pretty different. I, I ask questions to my coaches most of the time. I asked Steve Bruce, I asked Sam Aladais before, I asked Nigel Atkins, what do you think? What are the best options? How do you see me? The, these are the questions I don't really hold. I I I met him, I meet him in a corridor and I tell, oh yeah, can you give me a minute? What do you think about this? Okay. I give them time as well. Okay, you don't need to answer me now. I, I'll back back tomorrow if you want me to. So these are one. Uh, these are the thing I was like looking for. And then in the same time, I try to pro. I start. I start to understand myself, what I want and how I want it, and what I need to do, you know, to to reach that level. And then, um, then when I moved to Southampton, in my mind, I was like, okay, so surely I'm gonna be in football. And then I discovered that I I love coaching. I love I love the grass, the smell of the grass. I was uh, I'm, I'm victim of the adrenaline of, of football, and I love the stress and the and the uh, the pressure of 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 being a of a player. So. I discovered that I told you you're gonna be under more pressure and then more stress. So I love that. Then you know, little by little, I start to understand myself as a person because because of my background, I submerge and they and then uh, and and I step up in in the higher pressure environment. So so it worked really well for me, you know, as as a coach. I love being. You know the pressure environment. I love being under pressure, and I think I perform in. Not I think because I did a lot of you know psychology psychology tests and psychometric tests, and that confirmed that uh, I'm, I'm that type of uh, of individuals who 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 um, perform in in a, in a, in, mm. a, in the pressure environment. So so that worked really well for me. You know. Um, Obviously, you know, you've, you've, you've played for you know the best part of 20, 20 odd years, probably more than that. Um, host of different coaches that you probably had experience 
you know, as a player amongst those time amongst those time frames, what what were the biggest things that kind of stuck with you? You know, now that you're a coach, and that you've reflected back on that, you know, what are the biggest things that stuck with you from the coaches that you've worked under, and how how has that how has that shaped the type of coach you become? Ah, uh, yeah, I took everything from the co- I took a lot of details from the coaches that I worked with. A lot. The one, the one, the one, especially the one who's stuck in my mind. Um, the good thing, you know, when you play against, when you play, or or you uh, you in a big club, you you have good coaches, uh, and maybe from different, you know, backgrounds and nationalities. Firenze, I had a, in Tunisia, I had a, the Brazilian, I had the Italian, I had the French, and I have the Tunisian coaches and all these coaches came with different you know ideas and perception and then skills uh, and and then when I, when I go back to, each time I go back to one of those I remember one thing or two things that has been known and then and then I take them um, in England same thing um, I, I took I took a lot from coaches that I I played for and, and then even the coaches that I worked with, for example, in Southampton, um, as a as an academy, I was obviously U23's head coach on in touch on the base daily basics with with the, with the head coach, you know, planning you know the sessions and the players who are gonna you know go up and down. Um, and then since Nigel Atkins, you know, two thousand and twelve, I I. I I worked with Mauricio Pochettino and I worked with uh, Ronald Koeman and, and lately was Ralph Ozenhotel, but each, each coach mindset and different approach. I had I had a lot of time watching, you know, Mauricio Pochettino uh, training session and enjoyed them because, you know, I, I saw the way he works and then the process he works to make that um, to make to make that Southampton team, you know, be probably one of the uh, you know um, exciting and uh, modern football teams uh, in in 2013-14, I think. But also, I I I had the opportunity to ask questions and then understand the why and how. Um, Again, you know, I, I think I'm I'm a combination of, which is I think which is normal because you know each coach has his own background. But yeah, the, my my perception and my football uh, philosophy, if I can say in whole, included the coaching, is 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 the combination of um, my what I've learned as a, as a player, as I said on the pitch. And what are the feeling and understanding the feeling and the the mindset of the players in certain moments or the teams in a moment, but also uh, as my development as a as an academy coach who who learned you know of the small little basics you know to improve players and promote the, the first team, mm. and then also understanding the the process behind preparing and and uh, progressing a team from point A to B 
So mm -hmm. all, all this uh, are, are part of me, and then, and this is defined my personality and my characteristic. When I coach, I I look at the small details, and then, and then I look at um, the how how to always improve players, mm. even even if you get even if you get the Ronaldo. In, in my training session, I look how I can make Ronaldo, Ronaldo better. Um, of course, you know, the, the difference between individual and another, it's, it's huge. Some players need you maybe to take separately for individual, you know, video sessions to look at the details. But some individuals probably need the, the 0 0.01 that development. It could be it could be not football. It could be maybe here. Mm. Ecological. So it's it just on that. Something he's not aware of. You know, you, you talk there about your experiences um, as a player and working, you know, under different coaches. Is kind of you've been a, you become a combination of all of that. When you when I guess when you stepped into the coaching role one and and it's been right. I'm not playing anymore. I'm now for, I'm a coach. What, what what's been your biggest learnings in that that maybe as a player in your career, you probably didn't appreciate that coaches had to deal with, if that makes sense. Well, I think the, the my personal challenge was, you know, long career, I had a long career. For, so my, my, my challenge was me and myself. Because, because to be careful, if you want to be a coach or manager, you need to control yourself, control your emotions, understand yourself, how you, how you behave in a certain situation for you to be able to help people. So for you to help people, you need to understand yourself first. And, and one of the challenges, I think the first period is me getting rid of that footballer's mindset. So when you when you take your sessions to teach a player how he I think had the ball, okay, it was easy for me because you know a part of you know a talent I worked on it and enhance it and I make it the world class you know talent and that's called to uh, uh, goals. So for you to go and take an academy player that about oh, yes yeah, easy to head, just go and head it. <clears throat> that's not. That's not the case. So for coaching is is basically help players the way they accept it to make them to to that next level. So if it's psychological for you, if it's frustrating, you have to hold yourself and control yourself. <clears throat> if it's a player is frustrated, you need to again control yourself and then help him. You know to to understand the process and everything. I see it in process. And everything I see it in the process. And uh, one of the things I learned, one of the things I learned from uh, Malcolm Frame is is a, a psychology performance um, officer in, in Southampton is the four A process. He called the four A processes: accept, assess, adapt, and and apply, which which is a great process because you know that sums up the whole. The whole, I think, uh, psychology, you know, uh, situation.
someone who had to react positively to a certain situation, whether it's a situation of five seconds or process of one week it's you, you have to go through that process and then and then and then understanding yourself and then for you to be able to to help people individually and its person is different its person is different so these are the first steps in in my coaching you know um uh, uh career but then from there I started, you know, to understand myself, what I want, what I don't want, how I see football, how I see <clears throat> how I see my team playing, um, how I can stop the opposition, how I prepare, you know, for that. You learn the processes and you learn the themes and you learn the the basics, but then from there you adjust it to, to your perception and your way of seeing it. Whether for for to help individuals or for groups. It's the same. It's the same, you know, uh, process. Mm. So obviously, you know, you started your coaching journey with the academy. You've now since progressed. Tell us a little bit about this. You know, you you moved over to America, had the period of time with Hart Hartford, and then you kind of been bouncing back and forth between Tunisia and Belgium, and you're currently in Belgium now. You know, what 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 what's that journey been like, and what's the end goal for Reddy Jadi now as a as a coach? Yeah, it's a bit funny for me, funny journey for me because, you know, uh, my development is is 100% English development coach, coaching development. I went through the whole process. I went through a lot of, you know, courses from uh, from ECAS to LMA to to the uh, FA, uh, uh, BA and, and pro license. Um, not considering the other courses like you know um, in and out the uh, the uh, the federation and then and then suddenly i find myself you know in usa um i took it i took it you know positively to be to be fair because because you know the challenge is a challenge for me and then it was like okay let's see if i am in in that in that level of of being a head coach and then uh, uh, it was it was a successful in many aspects it was my first experience um and i i took the i took the club hartford you know to playoff sport which is first in their history and then uh, uh with with a lot of um with a lot of challenges you know i took them to that level um in term challenges in, in the club was still new, still learning. You know, they're, they're still learning that path and their 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 um, maybe structure thing. And then uh, I came with with different mindset, probably advanced European English mindset that. I was expecting, you know, things to be already there, but then it was not the case. As I said to you earlier, I didn't have a fitness coach. I didn't have, you know, enough staff. I didn't have the right, you know, infrastructure, you know, to to perform 100%. I didn't have, you know, the maybe the quality of the players that needs, you know, to 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 put my football philosophy. But I, I think, you know, when I, 
when I did my feedback, um, it, it was really successful. Uh, we had some good games. I had the opportunity to try the the system of play. I have the opportunity to try many other um, 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 uh, situations, and some of them obviously were successful, and some of them I had to rectify. And again, ov overall, I think the I, I left the club with with a, a positive note as as the club made it to the to the playoff, and this was the. The fans wanted and, and and then came back with fully satisfied that definitely I can be uh, a head coach in 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 uh, in a good level in England. But then that was not the case because a this a part of despite despite the the competition for for the roles and for the jobs, um, there there is a set. Um, how I can say that? I, th I think the the I found the mountain, you know, to get to that level because of the the this, the the lack of transparency and then the lack of uh, of the uh, um, maybe the given opportunity that that moment. So that's why, obviously, I came to Belgium. While uh, I think that moment, Belgium was was a, a the project was good, looks good. Obviously, Circle Brews owned by Monaco. Um, um, and, and the project is obviously to, to is fit in my my way of seeing. You know, obviously, we had we have a team average age 23 years old, so young team who compete in a in a in a in a higher level. It's it's something that I really like, and then I'm adjusted to my my football philosophy is adapted to this. Um, we help the team mostly to to win games, but also keep developing players. So it's kind of like develop to win and win to develop, uh, both ways. And then um, I find myself, you know, in in a good in a good uh, environment. Uh, as I said, in a good philosophy uh, from top to to bottom. And it sounds like you've been on, on a real journey and obviously some of the challenges that you faced along the way in terms of finding a role in England. I think there's been a lot of talk recently in the, in the last couple of years about uh, how difficult it is to actually not just get a role in the Premier League, but in, in England in general, because so many coaches that are abroad are also trying to come across. I think there's more there's more more competition probably here than there is to try and get jobs elsewhere. So, what you know, what... what what would your advice be to any coaches that are thinking about kind of taking on a similar journey to yourself? And there's probably some, you know, other current professionals who are probably thinking about their next steps and, you know, where they want to take their journeys. And like you said, you might be fed up with it, but this is all you know. Um, but not in, not in, not in, not in, not from a perspective of that. This is a, uh, you can't grow, you can't, you can't develop further, further knowledge and further skills and, and, and branch out. But, what would your advice be to firstly those current and next professionals that might be listening to this, um, but also those coaches who are thinking about, you know, if Reddy if Reddy's finding it hard to get a job in England, what chance have I got? Well, um, I I think I think I did mistakes. Mm. I, I think you know if I if I go back to 
if I if I if I have my own reflection on on um, on my journey, I think I did mistakes. Probably one of the mistakes, despite despite because I know why, but probably one of the mistakes I stayed longer in in academy level. Um, obviously, I see I see I see a lot of you know former players. They, as I said, they're in a hurry. They wanted to go to the first team quickly and take mm. maybe sometimes they take a first team, you know, clubs and teams and then they fail because they don't have the basics. Mm. And and now and I think I think you need to be careful with that. You, you need to have the basics, coaching basics, management basics. Of course, you know, the the diplomas and and then the 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 certificates, but but also you need to improve yourself as a coach and then be able to coach from A to B. Mm. Uh, and then and then maybe take take an opportunity. Probably that's the, the, the thing I advise, you know, younger coaches, you know, um, independent independently of their ethnicity. I think I think you need to you know to to not not waste time in 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 that level, I felt like it was waste for me because because I could I could left for example the academy level at age of, of at age uh, in in two thousand maybe sixteen maybe fifteen sixteen and then went to that level uh, went to first team level even as an assistant and then I can build it from there but I took I took more than that. Um, because the environment in, in the academy level, especially Southampton, we had a great environment. Um, as I said, you know, you enjoy, I enjoyed every single hour, you know, from playing to, to, to coaching, you know, uh, from, from playing and retire after that and take the youth, you, the under 21s, and then I took over as a head coach from, uh, from there. Um, it was amazing, you know, uh, period. I learned everything I need to learn and uh, I can coach you with, with my eyes closed and I can, I can lead with my eyes closed. Um, but then again, maybe if, if I had the advice or if I had the, maybe the, the, the idea to, to go earlier, I would probably made it. Uh, to 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 better level where I am now, uh, especially in England, especially in England. But then, but then there are, there are there are some other there are some other aspects, and I think one of the biggest aspects is is connection. So have the you know I think the, the coaches and the now even it's 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 part of the um, the UEFA Pro. <laughs> programs i think is 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 leadership and and uh, communication skills and and connections it, it can it can um, take it to the to next level so so there, there is multiple aspects that um I, I think you know we need to look after as individuals but these are the main thing for me it's is is learning the coaching skills um in academy level because in academy level you learn the basics but not staying for long. And I see 
some coaches now like uh, uh, Toure in, in, in Spurs. I think it, it was clever move for him, you know, for him to learn and 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 then, you know, improve his his skills as a coach. But then the only advice for him: don't stay for longer because you know if you go stay for longer, you will be branded as a as academic coach, but also you you sink in that in that in that environment. And then the second one, as I said, enhance and improve your leadership skills, um, i.e. Uh, communication and and then uh, connection skills. Okay, so I, I see people, you know, that are expert in that. And I see people sometimes they, they are well connected, but less, you know, um, less a base, less knowledge in terms of, of football, but they make it to the next level. So there is a virus and variety of... So you talk there about reflecting on some of the mistakes that you feel like you've made and you know you talk about some of the advice that you might give someone like a Yaya Torre moving into Spurs. Yeah. I think that I think that I think the challenge that then comes is how long is too long? Can you recognize was there certain things that you recognized um at the time maybe not on reflection necessarily but you recognize at the time, oh, actually, I might, be, I might be here a bit too long now. Did you ever feel that in the moment? I think, yes. There is another aspect which is uh, key as well to this that gave me the answer why, and it kept me really quiet, which is my family situation, so my wife and the kids. I, I didn't want to totally to leave my wife, you know, like I do now. Now I'm in Belgium, I'm a base, still based in UK, um, and and my wife with three kids. Uh, my kids, they still they were still young that moment, and that was, and I wanted obviously to to stay around my kids and then help help you know um, uh, look after them. Um, and then I put a program, and I was rigid with that program. So I, I knew I need to, as well from personal perspective, is is. You know which 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 was what was the time for me to give the full responsibility to my wife when if I need to move on because when when I uh, when I had a chat with uh, I remember one of the advice that I had from uh, uh, Nigel Atkins um, obviously one of the things he said obviously you need to he told me you need to have a base because you know football coaches you've never been in the same place in one place. You will be going around the country if it's not the word. Um, and and one of the things that I was aware of, okay, I, I'm I'm not gonna be based in one place, you know, all my coaching career. Um, and if I wanted to be senior coach, I knew that I need to move cities if it's not the countries. Uh, and then that was not aligned with my personal, you know, as I said. Um, personal uh, objectives at that moment. So in, in, in the moment I was thinking, I was lazy in terms of reflecting on the answer. Is that the moment for me to move? Okay. So I stayed, I stayed around 10 years in Southampton from, from football play, from playing football into coaching. I think I could reduce that. Uh, a certain extent, and uh, we, uh, 
um, I would be probably more demanding from myself and uh, maybe sacrifice a little bit. So would, you say, would you say to some extent that you maybe you got a little bit too comfortable there? Not not comfortable. I've never been comfortable. I'm not that I'm not that type of person. I always challenge myself when I achieve. I always challenge myself. But but uh, again, you know, I considered my personal. I think my personal situation that was the key for me, and I had to choose. And and I think you know, I'm not regretting that because, again, for me, for me, I know sooner or later. I will be, one of the best head. Sooner or later, because because I'm I'm very committed to to this. But not just the commitment, because sometimes commitment don't take you to that level. But I love football. I love coaching. I I I I dream coaching. I I I drink and I eat like you know Terry said, one of his career once in his career. I, I drink and eat coaching. And I love being around, you know, the, the players around helpful players, you know, to go to the next level. I love, you know, win games. Um and, and I love being being that person who's in between the lines helping every single person from staff staff and players to get to the next level. Even staff, I challenge the staff, I always, you know, try to improve the staff around me. So that's me. I can I can do nothing else so that's that's what i leave my time off i spending i spend it thinking what i can what i need to 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 do to to improve that or make it m m much better so so yeah um I, I don't think you know this this will be lost but i'm sure the opportunity will come like like in my football career I've been patient and I've been working hard and this opportunity will come. Um, and then I tried, you know, different uh, experiences. I tried different, you know, environment as well. I speak three different languages and I, I can express myself in different ways. I understand different culture, different mentality. And then when I see a person coming or the body language and the way the the is working and know how how we're going to take that player or that that stuff so so the these are the these 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 can't lie these are the facts can't lie for me and uh, mm -hmm. again it's just a matter of time just that, you know i'm conscious of time really and yeah I'm now thinking that, you know, if, if you had an opportunity to go back to the start of your coaching journey, I know you've given a bit of insight there around the advice that you might give other other players and people coming out of the game, but knowing what you know now, both going through your journey as a player and now as a coach, if you could go back and speak to yourself at, you know, 31, 32, where you're now starting to think about the next steps of your career and when it finally, you know, that, that period at Southampton when Nigel Adkins is now can give you that nudge into coaching. What's one bit of advice you'd want to give yourself at the start of the coaching journey based on everything that you've you've learned now? Well I'm 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 
I'm that person who always tells the truth to myself, but also I'm that person who really very hard on myself. Um, probably one thing, one thing, um, I, I did it. Obviously, obviously I, the, I enjoyed every single, you know, challenge in, in my career as a, as a football player and now as a coach. I'm that person who, again, you know, I, I enjoy being challenged and I enjoy the hard work. Everything is easy after that. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you enjoy the hard work and you enjoy the, the stress and the, the pressure you face, you know, in your life, I can't see any other challenges. I can't see any other harder things, you know. For me, just and enjoy my life, you know. And um, and then I can't really s say what I said already to myself when I do a reflection and when I do, you know. The good thing for me is I sell the, the truth. I'm not worried and I'm not scared to sell the truth. If I fail, I say I fail. Okay, but what I need to do to improve. If I succeed, yes, I take it, you know, I take the main points and then use that as a, as a, um, an opportunity to, to, to keep going. Um, I mainly let people tell me the positive aspects. I don't say a lot about positive about myself. My, I, I get, I get fed, you know, my, my satisfaction always gets get you know nourished by by the people feedback okay because because the reality is you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can give yourself a lot of positive you know, words but people that don't especially now especially now with with the with the, with the social media coming on board uh, and then even the media, they're playing the game. If if they say something positive, I mean it's it's two hundred percent positive. Because people people they're not worried whatsoever. They're not they're not concerned to tell you to say something negative and something wrong. So so I if I if I hear something positive about myself, means if someone said it, means you know. I'm really good at that. If if they say something negative, I try to now differentiate between is that progressive, you know, criticism or you know, you know, negative criticism which people with because you need to be careful there. So you need to understand which who's the person, who's the people. If it's someone behind, you know, the the laptop and then he's from the rivalry you know club or from the or someone who's just jealous then, then you need to be careful with that but i hear it from my mentors i hear it from from the from my wife uh my wife she's i think like many wives you know she just go bump straight on you okay she doesn't care about you know your your, your emotion she doesn't care about you the moment no just go bump this is what you are. Oh, okay. 
what do you mean about that? Can you can you give me more details? And, and again, you know, I have a lot of people, key people that I I surrounded with, and uh, I'm lucky to to have these people who give me always the honest feedback. And most of the times, this is small things that I need to adjust. I was not far from what I need to achieve. So, or sometimes I achieve it, but yeah, what if you look at this or that? I think reflection is so key, and I think you know being in a position where we can, you know, I think listening to everything you just said in the last few moments is really about taking out the positives in every situation, even when the situation is a negative one. Try and reflect on it. Find out where does it, you know really be conscious about the source of the information. I I think I think uh, I think the most important thing is not the fact that taking the positive thing. It's it's two things for me. Aware of yourself and your emotion. I, th I think you know our challenge now in this in this now era of stress of of uh, the VUCA word. You know, everything is ambiguous. Everything is various. Everything can change. You know, from minute to another, is being aware of yourself and your emotion. I think that's that's our challenge now as a human being. Okay, people who are not aware of of themselves and they're not aware of their emotion and not controlling their emotion, they're the ones who struggle. They're the ones who find it difficult difficult in this life they're the ones who can survive maybe they can survive for one day or two but then not the rest of the of the days i think that's the thing that I, that helped me obviously to see things from from the angles that uh take me to the next level mm. because because i see things as one negative and i see them with the right mindset if you see them emotionally then probably some people that don't want to hear the reality Mm. Okay, I want to hear the real reality, and I want to see it from different angles. And then sometimes I will always seek feedback. I seek people to see it from different angles. Mm. Why I need to to see it from different angles? Because I want to have the, the real the best perspective for me to take the right decision. Yeah. Okay, that's why I say positive. The reality is not positive. Is mm. is negative. Okay, you fail. It's not mm. positive. You fail. But then see it from all angles. It's like a ball, football. Mm. So between me and you, I see it from this angle. You see it from the angle. I can see your angle. You can see my angle. I seek your feedback. Yeah. Yes, you sir. What is the color of that ball from your yeah. side? You tell me yellow. I see it red here. Yeah. Why you tell me yellow? I see it red. This football yeah. should be you no. Know, no, you tell me it's yellow because this and that. Then it's a, it's another feedback that will serve me to progress mm. i think i think you're spot on and i think it just reminds me of a um conversation i had with someone once and they, they, this message always stuck with me um if we if i've got an apple and you've got an apple we've got an apple each but if i give you my apple and you give me yours now we've got two and yeah, the more exactly. the more we can keep passing exactly. this apple on and sharing this apple with one another the better we get at what we do and that's and that's we call it in in general we call it knowledge. But but for me it's it's more of like it can be not can be awareness. Mm. Make me aware of your information and give me your information. I use it. 
I added to my information and that, that's like a, a, a now becomes, you know, two information and they go to another one and take another one. And then again, you know, it could be the same thing, could be the same thing, but I have you know, multiple views on that. Mm. And then the clever ones will use these, you know, views to go and then make a presentation with himself, <laughs> okay, or make a, make a strategy with himself, like, like you do. So you have 20, 200, you know, now the views, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's gold. Mm. 100%, uh, I, I think you're spot on. That, that's, that's the gold information, and then you, you can use it, anyone can use it to, to enrich himself and then go to the next level. 100%, 100%, and I, and I think you're spot on. I think there's so many key insights in what you said, but I think the key message I've really taken away from the conversation is that that piece around self-awareness. And, and I think that the underlying thing beyond that is the empathy piece. Once you have the empathy and you understand and you recognize how this impacts on you, then you can then start to consider how it might impact on someone else. And that's how you start to build those yeah. relationships. And, and I think that's the key yeah. bit I've taken away from what you've said. Um, and, and I had this since I, since I was young, to be fair, because, you know, look, you know, I go back to Tunisia and my country and they tell me how some of my, some of the people that I know, ask me questions, how, how did you make it, you know, to England, mate, in this environment? Because Tunisia, mm -hmm. we have really difficult environment. And I was even, you know, far from, from, from make it because I, I was down the, I was in the south where there is a difference between north and south in Tunisia, and then obviously the capital of north and the south is, is pretty more difficult, you know, in terms of a lifestyle and, 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 and then opportunities. And then I made it from, from there to north of north, obviously to, to, to England. I was like in a deep hole and I made it up to the, to the, to the light. And, and I, feel, I feel one of the things that stood up, you know, for me, I was, I have, I have a good level of awareness of myself. And then and what followed after that is the actions. So every time I have that process, where am I? Okay. And, and I did that assessment bit. I did really well all the time. So accept always, I always accept the challenge coming on me. Everything you throw on me, I accept it, but I go through the process of, okay, what is what is and how and why and when and and all these you know questions and then I, I go i go get these answers and from there i adapt myself okay mm -hmm. so for this i need to do this now this situation is different to this one because i see it last time it was red this time is is orange is is pretty mixed with a bit of yellow so it's a little different so i have to adjust myself to it and then as soon as i adjust i straight away apply and then I was rigid with my application because, you know, I know that that rigid and patient because new, this generation now, and I see from my kids, my son, he wanted like straight away, he wanted benefit from anything he does. One day he goes to train, one day he want to be strong, he want to be Ronaldo. No, no chance, mate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so being patient, but also uh, be demanding of yourself uh, on, to, to make it to that level you go be patient and demanding of yourself and i think it's about setting those standards ready it's been a pleasure um a lot of good insights a lot of a lot of you know interesting stories that you've shared with us and I'm, i really appreciate your time 
No, pleasure's mine. I always enjoy, you know, giving back, you know, to to our community uh, and the younger generation, whether coaches or, or players. The most important thing for me is is, and one thing I decided, you know, lately. Maybe if you come back, you know, two or three years ago, when you ask me about the podcast, I say no, no, sorry, I'm uh, I'm busy, and yeah, maybe next time. But now I decided, you know, to 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 talk. Mm. Talk and 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 try, you know, to help, you know, people and help, you know, this generation, you know, to understand then then what and and why, and and hopefully see people, you know, progress. That's that's the that's the way. That's amazing, and I, and I I think you know the definitely, if we can get more people like yourself, you know, do being able to do that, and even not, not even just you know, in any walk of life, I think that's the key. I think if we can give, um. It's my my wife actually said this. She said, uh, "When it comes to money, right, you can't you can't get money if if you've got if you're holding on to some, right? It's like knowledge. It's like everything. If you hold on to it, you can't receive because your hands are still closed. You have to let go exactly. before you can catch." Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, wives, they're funny, man. They've got some funny sayings, but some of them are so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You just need to understand. Sometimes the way they say it, but you need to understand them. Hundred percent, ready. Now, thank you, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate You're it, welcome. and um, I wish you all the best in your journey. Thank you very much, Yasar. You know, nice and nice to talk to you, and pleasure. And then speak soon, yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.